everybody. Thank you for joining Talk With Judith podcast today. I'm excited because I'm continuing a conversation with Dorian Nunez. Um, Dorian Nunez, as you all know, a part of my uh, guest, he has been on uh, with me for a couple of previous podcasts talking about entrepreneurship and business. And today, since we are celebrating the day of service for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I wanted to um, just reach out to uh, bring him in to talk about um, his experiences and how does he feel about not just the African-American community, but the business sector from a black perspective. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great, Judith, and it's a pleasure to be here with you on this great day. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited. I think that... Um, as you think about what we're going through today, it is a good day of service, but it's also a day to recognize, um, you know, where we are now. Uh, there are some some things that are happening. Um, just to let you know, my brother just left uh, me today. He was just here, and I'm working on his, um, you know, like some plans for his business. He went ahead and mm-hmm. uh, got his chauffeur's license. He was able to um, get, you know, some solid clientele as a chauffeur. He was able to invest in a new uh, vehicle to uh, get him started again um, and to do from a private um, service, uh, private driving service. And so um, he talked a little bit about uh, the presentation, how he's trying to attract, you know, a specific client, um, right. not just here in the city, but where he's in Ascension Parish. And um, so he's doing really well as a young black man, younger than me. Um, mm-hmm. His story is very unique, like I said, uh, some of the health issues he had been through and not being able to physically work the jobs like he was because of um, what he was going through. He found a new way, and I think Uber and Lyft was his journey But from that journey to see, you know what, these people are really making money and it's a simple ride. um, But to step his game up, to invest in a vehicle, uh, to get the licensing and get all of his um, um, paperwork together to be a reputable company, he's doing well. And and just in the start of it, I was able to connect him with a a chauffeur that is uh, actually working in the film industry. And um, also work for some of the areas in the the CBD district. And and I was able to network, connect those two. And they'll be talking more um, from someone that has been in the business for a while to someone that's really launching the business. He's been driving for five years, but five years for the Lyft and the Uber. And now he's going in to do his own thing. Well, that's a great story. And that's a great uh example of really mm-hmm. just what it takes to be out on your own and how you get started and how you develop and how you grow. You know, this is Martin Luther King Day. And a lot of people um obviously remember a lot of the things that he said. But one of the things that he said was my favorite quote, new laws are not enough. The emergency mm-hmm. we now face is economic. And the unemployment rate for African Americans was lower today than it is now. When he made that statement 50 years ago and when he was fighting for the Poor People's Campaign. So a lot of people don't realize self-employment is employment. 
and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is on the rise and it's a great way if you can make stuff happen so your your brother sounds like first he started out as a driver with uber and lyft or at least he observed them yeah and he started then, out there mm-hmm. yeah so he started out there so that was a cheap way to get started then he realized that he could make some money he had a sister who hooked him up that's what you just said connected him with some people he got his license and then he got a loan. One thing you can get loans for is cars. You can't get bank loans for working capital and other things, but you can't get a car loan in general. And so now he's got new vehicles. In two years, if everything goes right for him, he'll have a couple of vehicles or mm-hmm. a van or a bus. And that's just what happens. Now, you know what I'm going to say? Because I said this to you, Judith. Mm-hmm. He needs to register with LED, Louisiana Economic Development, the Secretary of State, because he can get some free free business consulting services from them. So um, that's something that uh, you should do when you're on the entrepreneur journey and you're starting out is take advantage of all the free stuff that's available. Yes, but yeah, I would definitely this, share that information with them. Do that. And you know, you know me for years. And that's one of the first things I say is, are you registered with the secretary of state? Are you registered with led and take advantage of you? And it's not even free. You've prepaid it. Your taxes paid for it all. Mm-hmm. You're just going back to collect what you already prepaid. So, um, so you know, you're an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. And if we stick together and work together and, and take advantage of what's out here, we can all do a little bit better. Let New laws are not enough. The emergency we now face is economic. If you we, know, are we really supporting each other, each other's business, or? Mm-hmm. Or do you see where you see other um, other races, other other people coming in to, you know, have that specific business as their forte, like the food right. industry? Um, mm-hmm. Do you see where? How, look at Manchu, you know. Look at Cajun. <laughs> how much mm-hmm. money, are, are and who's the consumer? Who's in the line? Are we in the line and who's making the money? But not to make a, a, a big deal out of it, but just to say, we do we support our own? Well, I can tell you two things about that. One, we are major, 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 major consumers. Mm-hmm. So we're the customer that everybody is making money off of. When you go to Walmart and you see all that food that's there, Walmart is making money from whether it's low-income people with food stamps or if it's people paying out of their own pocket. They're making money from us as consumers. Mm -hmm. I can also tell you from studies that we've done that African-American businesses tend to be smaller than non-African-American businesses. And what is that Uh, reason for? Well, I, I can't. Others will... There are a lot of ideas about it, but I think one is it takes capital to expand your company and your business. So if you don't have capital and you can't pull it together, then you're not going to grow. Somebody else could say, well, you got to have customers to grow. So we're not, maybe we're not supporting our black businesses enough to help them grow. Somebody else could say, well, they're concentrated in industries that lend, lend itself to a few people and not really scaling up. So I'm willing to say all of the above, but I would say with six black HBCUs in Louisiana, there ought to be a black entrepreneurship center somewhere that collects all of this data and makes it available and really talks about this subject in greater detail. But there isn't that I'm aware of. There isn't. 
Well, let me ask you a few questions. Our conversation may take a little turn. Um, <laughs> but I, I was doing a little research. I don't have all the details ironed out, but it's something that I want to um, uh, talk with you about. And if you have not heard of this, um, we'll elaborate a little bit more so we can get into this conversation. Um, my question is, do you actually know um, about the relationship between Africa and China? What's going on right now? The current relationship, I can't say that I'm on top of that. Okay. Ironically, this week, uh, this week, um, participating in a conference that's talking about investing in Africa. So, okay. but what I've read is China is very busy spending money in Africa to create relationships, deep relationships, which involve them having control of some of the Africa's resources. So but I don't I, know if that's what you meant or not. Yes. So you're, you're on it. Um, I'm going to send you some information. And okay. I wanted to just to talk about this because it is something that is uh, very interesting that I have been seeing. And I did uh, see a graph between the year of 2000 up until now that uh, China has invested, if my number is correct, I believe it's 119 to $148 billion in Africa so far. Okay. That money is, is has been invested year over year, and in 2005 alone, I believe it was $12 billion that was given. They just uh, did a railroad, a railway um, that's, you know, basically they're, they're, give, they're put, putting more money into Africa than any other place. And mm -hmm. um, there are some talks about the currency, Right now, there's some talks about um, the biggest talk is about the labor because mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, residents of China um, are older. And um, because they're older, there's some labor that they're, they're really looking, they have their eye on the Africans for labor mm -hmm. purposes because they're younger. And mm -hmm. so because of the population of China and look at the population of Africa, you know, there's uh, similarities, but right. but if you really look at that, the younger there's a younger population in Africa that China is looking at to actually utilize those Africans to do some of the work, and that will be the way to pay back, even though they know that they can't pay that debt back, and so that's mm -hmm. another form, another another way to take over. So um, that's a little homework for both of us to look into that. And it's going to really reveal a lot of things that's going on um, because that's the big, that's the big deal right now. And it's probably going to go into some of the resources that Africa does have. And, you know, if China sees right. something of value, they want right. it. Right. Well, I look forward to talking about that next month. And I think you're right. There's a lot, a lot of, um, things that are developing there and part of it is caused by the United States policy of the last you know, previous presidential administration which basically tried to um, let's just say not be so polite or cordial with Africa didn't see it as a right. place to develop and evolve and tried to find ways to turn their back on it so they created the opening and China um, stepped in 
So, yeah, let's put that on the table. I'll get back to you when we have some more data and something and uh, schedule a time to talk about that in detail. Absolutely. Pretty interesting. So that's our homework on this one. But as we. Well, uh, that's that's good. I would have ignored some of this stuff. I I see it, but I don't focus on it. But now you got me paying attention to it. Yeah, it's a big deal, um, especially that railway, um, because if if you can get in, if you can make an easy way for me, say, for instance, to work or it's almost like let's make a way to make this comfortable enough, but we're going to easily take over this thing. You know, let's let's yep. look at the currency. Let's look at the people, get them to work. It's almost like how in a, in the United States, I, I mean, this may be the way it went. I don't know. But you know how um, China has done a, done a lot of work and a lot of the resources have been traded with the United right. States. Yep. And so the labor is done in China, but the product is ported into the state for little of nothing. Mm -hmm. And so now it's almost like the same direction is happening between China and Africa. And Mm -hmm. let's look at this place as where we can really invest and they have been having their eye on it. But the thing is you're taking advantage and I'm sure there's a lot of money in Africa. And we may think that as African-Americans that there is nothing um, because the way they make it seem but I'm sure that there's something there of resource, you know, right. um, even from the diamond to the, the, the mines and things like right. that. There's there's a lot of resource. And, and like I said, if China has their eye on it, they're going right. to pull something out of there that we, we never really, uh, you know. We... Oh, there are tons of resources in, in Africa. And again, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. But oil is very big in Africa. Yes. And you mentioned and you mentioned gold and diamonds, which. A lot of people covet and want as well. But there's a lot that's there. And the labor. When you add all that up, you go, wow, that's a lot. Young, <laughs> young, low-cost labor force, yep. as they say in economics, plus oil, plus gold and diamonds. So you got commodities, you got populations, you got future consumers, all the above. And you want them buying Chinese goods, so you create relationships with them. And then as they get older and get more spending power they'll buy from you so, so what is um, so what is uh happening here in the united states um how, how is it that i hate to say it this way but how is it that a lot of african americans are still behind i know you just mentioned not having the operating capital yeah but what is the 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 true reason for Well, there's no single, in my view, there's no single reason. So it's a lot of different things. So you've got this unique situation now where they say that there are a lot of jobs um, that are going unfulfilled. And yet the African-American unemployment rate is higher than the average. Usually it's two to two and a half times higher than the total unemployment rate, the regular unemployment rate that you hear about. Why is that? Lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. There are those who will say that our workforce isn't as trained and ready to step into those jobs. Mm-hmm. But then you can point to African-Americans graduating from college and getting college degrees and certifications, having a hard time finding jobs. So a recent study I saw said, look, black men in particular just aren't getting hired, just are not getting hired. This wow. is a study done. They're not getting hired. And then uh, in Louisiana, 
you know, you've got the um, because incarceration was such a big thing, and I haven't seen the date on this, so I'm not can't tell you how big a deal it is. Mm-hmm. But as we do know, that you know, once you're incarcerated, that has a negative impact on your employability, so that holds you back as well. Go ahead. There's a couple of things I'm going to ask you before we wrap the conversation up, and okay. um, the the first uh, question is: I know you're you're a proponent of uh, entrepreneurship. But what is, you know, what are some of the reasons why people are not going back to work outside of, you know, like you said, that some people just can't get a job? Oh, there are all kinds of reasons. I mean, if you're if you're a single mother and you don't have childcare, it's kind of hard for you to go back to work. If uh, so, if schools aren't safe, then you can't go back to work. You mm-hmm. got to take care of your children at home. So we need better daycare and places where you can where your children can go. Secondly, people, uh, low wage jobs, it's like, why bother? And uh, so you have a lot of people who are saying, why bother? Um, you know, I could do bad all by myself, so, um, uh, as, as they say. And then a lot of other people are finding that if they do side gigs or Uber or Lyft and mm-hmm. DoorDash and other things, that they're able to have more control of their time, less aggravation, and uh, they may not get rich but they can make ends meet with less hassle. And uh, so I think, you ha- so, and, and we're talking about one sector of the economy mostly, or the labor force as an mm-hmm. economist would say, mm-hmm. but these are all real things. And, um, and so that has something to do with it. And it's funny, I hear these employers complaining, I can't find people to work. Well, if you, the supply and demand, if you, if you can't find people to work, increase the price and you'll find people, you have to offer more money raise your wages and then somebody will say oh okay i'll show up now i'll work so they want every the employers they're employers who want everything they want low wage workers and they complain when the wages go up they don't want to have to pay they don't want to have to offer health care they don't have to offer yeah pensions. i mean they want the best for less and they're putting they, three jobs on one person that's um, it with you know everything every Thing is not the pandemic or COVID-19, but there are some restrictions within that. And I do see where, um, you know, they brought up the issue about OSHA with the, the, the vaccine mandate. And some people are just not, they don't want to take the vaccine. So you right. do have that factor. Um, right. Some people don't want to continue to take the testing. Some people may not even be sick. Some people are sick. So everything is not the pandemic, but you know, there are some issues that have, have been here before the pandemic even arises. Just the pandemic has added more fuel to right. the problem. Um, but I do, I do see that there was a, um, one of the, the bills did not pass to award the tax uh, credit to uh, parents as well. That right. was recently. the child tax credit. That's Correct. right. That, that expired. And, you know, Congress is made up of a bunch of the Senate, especially is made up of a bunch of millionaires who don't know what it's like being an average person. And um, it's like, let them eat cake. It's like they all they get is crumbs and now they take away some of the crumbs. So that sounds doom and gloom. So we got to If we're going to we got to end this on a high note. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So there's always hope and. And you just have to persevere and stay on top of things and do the best you can. But your brother did it the right way. Talk to each other, work together, help each other, support one another. 
Kwanzaa has a concept called, uh, you know, cooperative economics. Mm -hmm. So if we band together and work together and communicate and learn from each other and take advantage of what's out there, we can all do just a little bit better. So that's the key word. I'm sorry. That's that's the key word right there. Banding together. Mm -hmm. Banding together. Like this conversation you and I are having. You you, you, uh, motivated me to pay more attention to what's going on over in China. I will. And um, your brother, he got information from you when you connected him with somebody. I, they call it pay it forward. And I call it, it's called networking. And mm-hmm. networking is work. It's yes. still work. The word work is inside networking. So, and so you got to get out there through Zoom or telephone calls or podcast and pick up information and act on it. Do something. Mm-hmm. We just talked about LED, Louisiana Economic Development, how they have programs that will help you get a website, help you get your bookkeeping, do all of this stuff that you already paid for and it's time for you to go back and collect it. We'll see how many people actually do it, though. Mm-hmm. So you got you got talkers and you got doers and you have some who will talk and do. So um, well, I'd rather find thing, talkers the, and do it. The good thing about this is I got up this morning and um, – I went ahead and just began to reach out to everybody. I have my days yep. where I do that. I was off today, and I did reach out to uh, our mayor as well, okay. to uh, wanting to bring her in on the show to do a podcast with me. I have to figure out um, what we're going to talk about, but I wanted to just share some fun facts about her, not to really talk about the political aspect or things like that, because every time uh, we meet or or every time we see each other, it's always you know, either at an event or something fun. It's not, right. it's not necessarily, you know, at the city hall or, or something, you know. It's, it's So sometimes when people have jobs, you know, they already have enough that they're dealing with on the job. Yeah. And- well, I'm optimistic. And I think as long as people keep talking to each other and caring about each other. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll come up with ways of uh, being supportive. But, we, but you also said something important. You said you and I now have some homework to do. So we got to do our homework. Follow the money. A whole lot of federal money is coming down here to Louisiana and to New Orleans. So let's make sure that we get our fair share. And let's make sure that we watch where the money goes. Follow the money. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, thank you for just you know being able to share. And I look forward to uh, getting into more uh, subject matters for next month as we celebrate back black history month i think it will be great to you know create some highlights you know who were our inspirations you know maybe we can talk a little bit more about some of the um newly appointed leaders and yep. what what's happening there what their goals are and what resources that they're going to be giving to the community and how can we help each other and um and we can see a margin of change. Let's say give it until another year and we may see some new development, you know, some new deals coming through. Well, so, I remember Martin Luther King writing why we can't wait. So that's my theme for the year. Mm-hmm. Why we can't wait. Let's not wait. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. Why we can't wait. Now. I'm not getting younger and COVID is just getting closer. So stop waiting, get out there and, and, and let's just do something, make it happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dorian. Always a pleasure. All right, take care.